Hey, live group leaders and hosts. We are in week six and our study of Galatians chapter five, verses seven through 15. So let's jump in. Our icebreaker question, what is the loudest noise you've ever heard? Or where is the quietest place you've ever been? This icebreaker question is linked to the Apostle Paul's introductory thought in this passage when he asks the Galatians to consider who has caused them to go astray in their understanding of the gospel. This simple icebreaker question simply introduces the idea that the noises we hear all around us um, exist, and we're also isolating them in the extremes of the loudest and the most quiet. As you discuss the noises you hear around you, you can both get to know each other and Prepare for a deeper, more spiritual application of these concepts later in your group discussion. All right, so after your icebreaker, go ahead and pray and then read the passage out of Galatians 5 before you jump into your questions. You can, of course, begin with question one, which is what stood out to you in this section of scripture or from Sunday sermon. Some groups find that this helps them just truly follow the Holy Spirit into all the different aspects that... He revealed to them through the sermon and the passage. Um, Others might find it a little disorganized, and so some might just skip straight to question two. Either approach is absolutely fine, and as leaders, you simply use the discernment to uh, find the best approach for your group and your group discussion. All right, so question two. How is the exclusivity of the gospel offensive? How is it inclusive? This question allows your group to acknowledge and process the tension that exists in humanity's interactions with our divine gospel. The purpose of this question is to create space for your group to discuss both the exclusivity of the gospel as well as its inclusivity. Paul is making his case to the Galatians to accept both the exclusivity and the inclusivity of the gospel by presenting them with the truth and calling out the false teachers. The gospel's exclusivity is what makes salvation possible. It is by faith alone in Christ alone that we are saved. And the idea that we are not able to save ourselves, nor can faith in any other God or religion, is offensive to the world. The gospel is inclusive in presenting all of mankind in need of a savior, every last one of us. When these questions are taken at face value, it's possible to state the facts and move on without recognizing the tension that exists between the two. So juxtaposing the exclusivity and the inclusivity of the gospel may also naturally lead your group to discuss the unique relationship that exists between these two truths. If not, please use the following question to prompt toward this discussion if you sense the Lord leading you deeper into this topic. So our going deeper question for this week is, how do you reconcile this tension in your heart and mind? Oftentimes, when we talk about something being both exclusive and inclusive at the same time, we need to sort out the details. How is this possible? How does it make sense that the gospel includes everyone, yet is exclusive to only those who accept it? The hope is that by asking this question, you're doing two things. First, you're continuing to build a safe space for your group members to ask tough questions. Second, you're equipping your group members to articulate reasons for the hope that they have in Christ. Building these apologetics in a safe space like your life group is a mark of discipleship and increases our preparedness for conversations we'll have outside of the group about Jesus. All right, question three. Why can it be difficult to accept and run in God's grace? The goal of this question is to acknowledge and discuss the challenges we may have in embracing God's grace rather than pursuing works-based righteousness. 
So the false teachers obviously couldn't accept God's grace. If they could, they would not have been creating these alternative ways to get to Jesus or Jesus plus, as Pastor Nate has mentioned in previous sermons in this series. The question before us is, why was it so hard for them? And if they were convincing Galatians of their false teachings, it could have been that some Galatians had questions to sort out about the goodness of God's grace themselves. Just like the Galatians, we too can have a hard time accepting God's grace in our lives. One of Paul's largest arguments is that we have a works-based understanding of our faith. Other challenges or facets of this falsehood may surface in your group and are worthy of discussion. Some may need to confess sins that have made it difficult for them to run and accept God's grace. Others may need to ask for prayers for healing that will help them run unhindered. Whatever the case may be, may the Lord help us in our unbelief. Question four, what voices speak loudest to you? How do you respond? The purpose of this question is to identify the quote-unquote teachers around us, both false and true, and to talk about responding well to them. As Paul called out the false teachers, he was helping the Galatians to see the influence the teachers had on them. In the same way, we entertain voices around us every day. The voices of our family, our friends, or our coworkers may be important to us. We also experience the voices of the media or content creators we choose to tune into. Our own flesh tells us things that we need to know and other things we need to conquer. Even the devil tries to communicate with us on a regular basis. God himself speaks to us in many ways, through nature, his word, his church, etc. He desires to connect with us and deepen our relationship with him. As we sort through these voices, it is important that we identify the truth and walk in it. Our response to these voices depends largely on our relationship with God. As we draw closer to Him, the Lord honors our desires, and we He will draw near to us as well. In what ways do you sense the Lord encouraging your group to collectively draw closer to Him? Are there individuals within your group that you can encourage or exhort toward the Lord in specific ways? Question 5. What changes do you observe when you use your freedom in Christ to serve others? The goal is for your group to discuss, in response to this question, discuss what changes you see when you serve others with the power and freedom we have in Christ. In verses 13 and 14, Paul exhorts the Galatians to, through love, serve one another, which both demonstrates and leads to changes in the lives of the believers. Paul knows the powerful effect of this calling, which is why he reminds the Galatians that it is what they were taught from the beginning. As we serve others, everyone is changed. Those who serve are blessed, as well as those who are serving. When we serve others, we are demonstrating the love and service God has shown toward us, and that he has also called us to imitate such actions. Paul called the Galatians to this obedience so that they would, through these acts, see more clearly the reality of the cross. Paul challenges them not only to embrace their gospel freedom, but also to respect their gospel freedom through service to others. Abusing our freedom in Christ would be to use it to pursue our sinful nature. However, when we serve one another in love, we are pursuing a higher calling and honoring God's commandments for our lives. We use our freedom from sin to conquer it and to help others to do the same by showing God's love to them in service. Remind your group that that is the Holy Spirit that empowers and equips us to follow his word. Be prepared with your own answer that you can share to get things started. Be sure to pray for these things in your prayer time as well. For example, our prayer application this week, um, please take the time to focus on 
praying for God to reveal ways that you can serve others with your freedom in Him this week. Remember also to pray for your Thailand mission team member as they serve others on their trip this summer. All right, we have leadership notes this week regarding our communication tool number five, which is time. Things which matter most must never be must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. Johann Wolfgang Van Gogh said this. Time is a precious resource, and we make decisions every day about how to use it. Van Gogh's quote reminds us that our priorities need to be in the right place because time is of the essence. We must recognize what matters most and manage time well around it. In Mike Bechtel's Dealing with the Elephant in the Room, he suggests a few practical tips for addressing our time in relationships. First, we must recognize that the relationships take time, and so do tough conversations. Dealing with the, quote, elephant in the room takes time, and we must not only respect that as individuals, but also help our group understand that as well. It is important to keep the main thing the main thing, which is Jesus, and not to allow distractions to unnecessarily pull you away from him. This is especially valuable in challenging situations when things can get confusing or emotionally charged. Remember to prioritize quality time with each other rather than seeking the quick fix text message or spending hours crafting an email response. Finally, we can take comfort in knowing that our consistent presence in someone's life will make a difference. Or, as Bechtel puts it, small emotional deposits over time result in huge emotional reserves. May the Lord lead us as we manage our time to pursue Him and one another. You can find additional tools and tips within the notes and recording from the Life Group Launch Dinner this spring. If you missed it or want to review it again, check it out on the Calvary Life Group Leader podcast or at calvary.com slash lgleader. We have a couple of quick announcements. First is that we will be having a mid-quarter check-in on April 2nd. This is a Sunday at 1230, so please mark your calendar um, and please fill out the survey that I have linked in the printed leader guide um, in advance of of the meeting on April 2nd. We'll meet with our coaches and our other fellow leaders, and it'll be a great time for us to just um, be refreshed and um, encouraged in the work that we're doing this season. Um, I also want to second announcement is to remind you of service opportunities that we have for life groups. Um, you'll see lots of different service opportunities, whether it's helping out with agape nights, Easter weekend, or one of the ministries that was represented on mission Sunday. I just encourage you as leaders to continue to pray and lead your group in the chance to serve the Lord together this quarter. If you have questions, please reach out to your coach. All right, thank you so much, Life Group Leaders, for all you're doing. May the Lord bless you in your meetings this week.